Welcome back, everyone, to this, the latest episode of the Incubator Think Tank podcast, our first in the new year of 2020. Today, we sit down once again with Incubator founder and CEO Sujal Raju for another informative discussion around today's latest tech topics in the web and mobile world. Our talk today revolves around Google Duplex, what it is and its possible future, and realistic uses for consumers. So, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's talk. All right, well, welcome back, everyone, to the Incubator Think Tank podcast, our first in this new year of 2020. And by the way, this podcast is available on the incubator.com website and on many of your fine podcast services. And welcome. Uh, we are joined once again for today's podcast by Incubator's president and CEO, Sujal Raju. Good day, Sujal. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Sujal, today we are here to talk about a thing called Google Duplex. Uh, and for those unfamiliar with this new technology, as always, before we get into our topic, uh, if you could tell us a little bit more, a little bit more rather, or uh, a brief overview about Google Duplex. Sure, Dave. You know, it's kind of like a piece of uh, any futuristic movies that you may have seen on artificial intelligence and seems like, uh, you know, a part of it is already here uh, today for us to use. And uh, so Google Duplex, uh, I'm sure if you, you know, you've heard uh, all the buzz in the news and other areas of media where they're talking about this technology. And, um, you know, it's uh, garnishing a lot of attraction right now. And the reason for that is because of uh, how it has been advertised, um, meaning a human-like voice makes a phone call to a restaurant mm -hmm. and actually makes a booking for you. Uh, so so I'm sure that excites a lot of people of its possibilities. And um, it's an offering uh, by uh, Google, and it was first announced in the Google I.O. conference back in October of 2018. And the technology, as uh, Google puts it, is there to accomplish real-world tasks over the phone, which means that um, using it as a personal assistant, you can ask it, direct it to make an, a reservation for you for a restaurant or buy a movie ticket uh, or, uh, you know, such services. And um, the technology behind that uh, is a, a set of recurrent neural networks that were built using a machine learning platform called the TensorFlow Extend. And I try to be technical, but basically all it means is like it's using artificial intelligence mm -hmm. uh, to make um, for the first time, I would say, or at least the, the first commercial way of uh, doing using artificial intelligence and uh, with that ability to naturally converse with humans and perform actions. Well, that's a, a great overview. I mean, it is a kind of a scary technology in a way to some people, but um, like you mentioned, Google Duplex uh, originally launched, or Google at least kind of demoed it originally as a way to help um, people make restaurant reservations. That's how it's been rolled out so far. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is using an automated, an automated or AI-created human-sounding voice. So it was there to make reservations um, over the phone. Uh, for people uh, via the Google app. Uh, um, that, that was just one basic uh, implementation of it. But where do, you, where do you see this going? Specifically, what uses could it have in everyday life for users on the web? 
Sure, that's actually a good question because uh, when uh, people talk about Google Google Duplex, uh, they think about the Google Duplex over the voice, which is uh, the one that you may have heard. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's on YouTube and everywhere where if you see that uh, uh, demo, basically it's someone making a phone call to one of the restaurants and making the reservation for you. And it's quite funny in terms of how it does that, but it sounds so natural, right? And uh, that they're able to actually do that and, uh, you know, actually make a reservation. Uh, but that's just a portion of what Google Duplex can do. There's also something called as Google Duplex over the web. And it's actually an uh, assistant plugin uh, that you could install, let's say, on the Google Chrome browser, or uh, I believe it's also available on the mobile devices. And what that does is actually allows you to converse with it and actually helps you fill web forms. So that's exciting uh, in a way. Uh, because uh, if, uh, you know, certain population um, uh, with certain disabilities, it, it helps them to use their voice to do certain things uh, which may be challenging to them uh, to perform on their device, on their phone or, or a browser. So, I, so right. So, <clears throat> you know, in addition or aside from just reserving, you know, restaurant reservations, um, so some real good real world you know, real-world potential uses for it. That is correct, yeah. And this is just the beginning, so I'm sure they're going to open it up. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I see it is, um, you know, what's in it for Google, right? Uh, or even for Apple when they introduce such technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason for that is they're trying to own that, uh, that kind of business or transaction. Uh, so you can see Apple Pay or Google Pay or any of these uh, services where they allow you to make a transaction. It allows these uh, companies or, you know, to corner that market where businesses eventually can't lose that. Imagine Google search, right? Everyone performs a search. They've cornered the market on search. So when you perform a search or, or for businesses, it's a huge potential. So they want to advertise on Google as well. So it's kind of like an you know revenue system for them. Similarly for this, um, when this becomes quite popular, it's kind of a market share where businesses may not want to lose it and embrace it or have to embrace it because otherwise, you know, they're potentially uh, losing that customer to another competitor who is embracing that technology. Right. And uh, so, I mean, so you mentioned businesses um, using this technology. Do you see any challenges uh, in terms of these businesses uh, coming on board with this? I mean, if it's something they're not wanting or kind of hesitant to, to move forward with? Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I've been following this, and uh, what I've been reading is uh, one of the challenges, I'll give you an example, is that, um, you know, if you look at a busy restaurant, and uh, they probably get a lot of phone calls, or uh, if it is a popular restaurant, you are bound to know that they probably get a lot of spam calls. So what that happens is like, uh, and this has actually happened, uh, or at least in the article that I've read, what it said was that uh, this restaurant uh, being very busy, they used to get a lot of spam calls. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they they just look at the uh, caller ID, and if they don't recognize certain numbers, or you know if they think that uh, you know something is not a valid number, they don't even pick the phone calls. So in this particular case, I believe Google shows. Uh, the call from Google c shows up as, uh, you know, identified or caller IDs as Google. Mm -hmm. And because it's not a person's name, it's possible that the restaurant may not even pick up the phone call, you know. So things like that, that, uh, you know, businesses don't even know how to how to embrace it, mm -hmm. you know. So it's kind of more of a, uh, a training, not necessarily training, but education that, hey, this is how it works. 
so that businesses can take advantage of this. Because if you look at the business's uh, business standpoint, they actually want to make the transaction too. They want that customer to be able to reserve that table. Uh, but uh, you know whether they can understand uh, that hey, this is the call uh, coming from an AI bot, uh, or be able to pick that phone call. That's one challenge. Right. The second is. Uh, you know, the AI technology is going to get better over a period of time. But until then, some of your complex conversations, uh, it's it's going to be interesting of how that AI, AI agent listens and, and understands what the other person is saying. It could There could be a language barrier, you, you, you know, mm-hmm. or the accent, uh, things like that. The second is, because it's an automated system, it's possible that it could make a mistake and it could misunderstand someone saying something and you've, we have all had that experience. If you're talking to your Google Assistant and you're trying to say something to it, you mm-hmm. know that sometimes it has understood something else and given you an answer that's exactly not what you're looking right. for. So that's that's the kind of problems that we're going to have. Right. And like you said, even if uh, an establishment is, is participating knowingly and on mm-hmm. board with it all, you've got a lot of employees. Um, right. And someone is just kind of second nature to to ignore certain calls or whatever, but um, uh, or like or also as, as you mentioned, I mean it could be on a call and you might the wrong response by the automated voice um, might turn off um, someone right. in in a busy environment, lots of noise uh, in a restaurant, you know, may just kind of hang up and and not uh, not get that not get that business. Correct. Um, so those are some challenges in, um, you know, the, just kind of a broad, uh, talking about that so far in a, in a, in a broad way. But uh, in the healthcare market uh, specifically, um, what kind of uses do you see, do you see um, kind of taking place uh, in, in that industry? So one of the ways I see, uh, actually, so I, I see this technology being embraced in both the sides, uh, from the consumer side as well as on the business side. Uh, on the consumer side, it's going to help, um, uh, you know, a patient um, or a uh, patient care seeker um, or a healthcare seeker to be able to make an appointment for, for with a doctor or make an appointment for their MRI scan or something like that. Uh, so they could use the assistant to do that. Uh, the On the other side, on the business side, I also see them embracing this where they could use the AI technology to be able to be the first line of contact in their help desk so that uh, you know this human-like uh, agent can humanly converse uh, with the other person and hopefully take care of all they want uh, from them uh, without having the need for a actual help desk agent talking mm-hmm. to them. And uh, so, so that's, that's two ways. The other way I see, and I think Google is planning to do that, uh, if not, they've already started, is the Google My Business where they have to make phone calls or reach out to the businesses to confirm that they're a valid business or confirm, uh, you know, whether uh, their address or or anything like a, a verification that they would normally perform. They could use this technology to make those and automate it on their side. And um, since this is uh, AI-based, um, artificial artificial intelligence a lot of people are probably not fully on board or might not be fully on board with that type of technology um, are there any concerns out there that you think the public might have so one of the concerns again um, is that it, because it's an AI it's mm-hmm. possible that it could make a mistake mis- misinterpret something mm-hmm. 
and be able to make a booking that is not what you wanted, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's one of the things. And the second is uh, the concerns over security or privacy. Because you're talking to an agent, um, mm. it's possible that, you know, it could record or be able to, you know, log somewhere mm. the conversation. So you may have said something. Whereas people tend to believe, like, when you make a phone call and if it's not on a recorded line, uh, you tend to know that, you know, you can speak something that's not, uh, you know, written somewhere, like right. an email or something like that. So privacy uh, is in concern. And um, I would say, like, overall, uh, with AI, it's possible that you could put, uh, y- you could have a scenario, and this is funny, actually, just an imagination, but you could have an AI bot on the consumer side talking to another AI bot mm-hmm. on the business side, and you never know what <laughs> what transaction they are mm-hmm. completing. Uh, I mean, again, it's going to get better, and, and obviously, maybe it won't be an issue, but it's possible that they might transact something that both of the both of the uh, parties did not want right so that's that is a risk over there right and you know as you mentioned this is google initiating this um and and they're looking at what's best for them but obviously i mean they're trying to make things a lot easier for businesses and if they do then it's good for them um but just the the like you just mentioned uh, on the business side as well but that that technology in general um even if google is not initiating it Seems like a lot of uh, potential good good uses for it out there. Yeah, Dave, I think this is one of the technologies uh, where initially we might have a lot of fear uh, in terms of adapting it, and uh, rightly so, because you know, you're kind of allowing a computer to learn a behavior or act on your behalf, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a little scary, uh, and we all never know where this is heading. Uh, but if you look at it, it's all about the advancement in technologies and how it's helping people do uh, what they normally do. Uh, you know, it's if you compare it uh, to when we first uh, rode an automobile. You know, it's a machine that's helping you uh, be, f- you know, travel between one place to the other. Mm-hmm. You know, so something like that. So it's going to help you c- uh, finish certain transactions that you know you normally don't have time for, right? So it could be a time saver in one sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you watch the uh, the iRobot movie, you know, you order it to do shopping for you and it does finishes everything or mm-hmm. does your laundry and things like that, right? So, th- you know, it's all possible, right, with, with this. I mean, it's just this first step, or I would say an, a first big step, a first big leap in this area where it's actually coming into the reach of a common person where they can use this technology. In, at this level, I, I'm sure we all know that artificial intelligence is already here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether we know it or not. If you have called your utility company, you know that when you when they pick the call and it, it greets you that hey, I am a chatbot, tell me anything and I'll be able to help. But how frustrating sometimes that experience is, and exactly. you're like, just get me a customer representative, mm-hmm. right? But if it gets better and better, uh, you know, you, um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get um, easier for people to adapt and accept that uh, this is out there. Right, as you said, I mean, ob- obviously robotics, automation, um, there's been some amazing things, some amazing things done out there to help people out, especially in the health in the healthcare world. Um, but coming and making things more convenient for everyone involved is, you, you know, right. not a bad thing. And, you know, you mentioned healthcare. Um, think about people with disabilities or even language barriers, mm-hmm. right? 
and uh, if uh, let's say they are from out of uh, out of the country from a different uh, you know from a country that where they may not speak english and you're trying to help uh, them get care at your hospital and they go to your uh, you know website and they have to fill a form or something mm-hmm. like that the ai could help them fill the form mm-hmm. you know and uh, it's also the uh, you know aging population with disabilities you know they could just converse with their google assistant and allow them to actually complete a transaction in this case schedule an appointment or or fill a form online and they're just speaking to it at their own pace and they don't have to move the mouse or you know don't don't have to know the uh, uh you know be as agile to fill a form mm-hmm. uh you know there might be um there might be certain limitations you know for them uh, which may be uh um you know hindering them in terms of filling those mm-hmm. forms where the agent could fill it for them so um so a lot of good uses practical uses out there that we may not see so there's a good side of it as well as a scary side of it but right. uh, you know things things will come into light uh, when they do. Hmm. So any final thoughts? I mean, what do you, uh, some great information you provided here and, you know, for both, you know, whether it, whether it's voice or on the web with forms, things like that, some definite possibilities of, of good things being done here. Yeah, I would say as a business, and again, because Incubator provides services uh, in web and mobile, I would say for, for those, um, I think businesses should embrace this at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is already information on Google on uh, how the duplex on the web works. There is an agent. Uh, you have to make sure that your website allows that agent to parse certain parts of your website. Mm-hmm. If you're concerned that it shouldn't be um, spidering certain parts of your website, then block it. But uh, if you want to allow, you know, so there are certain things that you can do right now, and there is analytics that you can uh, also uh, turn on and get some key information on this. And... Um, make your forms enabled so that you know it can embrace these technologies as well so do not make it so that uh, or you know modify them uh, as this technology evolves to make sure that they are compatible with search services so that they can allow those people to fill the forms and um, yeah i would say like you know it's it's exciting it uh, there's a lot of possibilities and let's see how it goes awesome well all right thanks again very much Sujil, for your time and for this the latest um, episode of the Yankubator Think Tank Think Tank podcast. That's Think Tank with a Q at the end, E N Q, and um, our first podcast of the new year. Again, thank you, Sujil. Thank you, Dave. And uh, for all of uh, for all of you out there, for more information on Incubator and the solutions they offer, uh, as always, you can visit incubator.com.